Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's going on, everyone? To another episode of Millennial Money. Today, we are going to talk about why we stopped investing. But first, we have to start with the news that's had me up since 525. This one was like 524. I was supposed to go live yeah. at 525. So anyway, since 525 this morning, and that's inflation. What the heck? There's supposed to be no inflation, and the numbers today were like, a, ah, we got to talk about this, folks. <laughs> Someone needs to clip that as a GIF. <laughs> Just slap it. No, no, you know? no. Someone, needs, someone please needs to do that. And like when when your Tesla calls don't print, it's, it's like slaps across the face. <laughs> when you buy crypto, yeah. goods, that's time. a whole nother video. When you buy it. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. So yeah. what, what happened today, folks? We had uh, we had inflation expectations for half of a percent. We got almost double 0.9% month over month. We had a year over year come in at a five, what, 5.4%. It was supposed to come in at 4.9. We had this big miss in inflationary figures. Yet at the same time, we had higher inflation on, on these month over month figures and year over year figures. We saw crypto fall. We saw bond yields fall. And then the stock market was chill at first, but then it's like, yeah, no, just kidding, also going to fall. But it was like everything, uh, with the exception of Tattooed Chef. But oh, yeah, let's go, baby. Was, by the way, I was so surprised this morning. I woke up around like 7-something, 7 7.50, uh, checked my phone, and I saw the stock market up. And yeah. the funny thing is, Kevin, I see your videos always pop up as a notification on my phone. So I'm like, wait a second. If inflation came in so much higher, than how is the market up? It didn't make any sense to me. And then obviously towards the end of the day, things started to sell off. But surprise, for the first few hours, I'm like, there's no story here. It's yeah. just yeah. the market didn't care. And I thought for a second the market rationalized that, uh, okay, maybe supply chain issues are really affecting things a little bit longer. Uh, <laughs> you had mentioned, I think, uh, used car sales mm. drove up a huge percentage of that. Makes sense to me. They're not making chips as fast as a they third. were before. So yeah. all of that just... Yeah, it's probably going to take about a year, but everything else, you know, it seems within range of just historically decade over decade seems reasonable to me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The difference between the 0.5% that we were expecting and the 0.9%, like how do we put that into context? How much that's truly more than we expected? Because I mean, it sounds, it's more than double or it's double than what we expected, but I mean, is that really a big deal? 0.5 to 0.9. How big of a deal? It's a good point because it's it's really like getting a zero on a test. It's like, okay, so because one thing was a zero, it just weighted you down so much. I think something that really came in this month that screwed up everything was last month we had lodging away from home sitting at 0.4%. This month it came in at 7.9%. Just all of a sudden, lodging away from home, which includes hotels and motels, just like, so again, it's like that, that the temporary things. Like, here's another one that's temporary, and I kid you not about this title, okay? Women's dresses. Hmm, that's interesting. It's, you know, it's, it's funny, I, I felt the lodging one, because here in Vegas, when I flew pro the Dogecoin millionaire out here, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I paid $1,000 for a night here in a hotel, which what? is wow. for Vegas. What in hotel? 
it was at the Cosmo, which is which was one of the which was one of the cheaper options that day. That's Fair. We also had a convention in town, so everything kind of was happening. Why? But why yeah, did you go to Cosmo? That's why. First mistake. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, that's not even the biggest question. The biggest question is, wait, you paid for another man, a millionaire, <laughs> to come visit you in Vegas? I okay, think, so to be fair, Crow is the brokest millionaire I know. He has <laughs> over a million dollars in his investment portfolio, but he has, I don't want to like out him, but he has less than that in his bank account, so he can't pay for his own stuff. So every time we do videos together, I pay for his food, I pay for his flights, I pay for everything. No, so, stay, stay at Red Rock Casino. I got to say, they've hooked it up so much. Red Rock Casino, just go there. Anybody watching this, you want to go to Vegas, honestly, Red Rock right. Casino is so good. You know Graham Stephan? I know him. I'm a friend. Can you hook me up? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if they would extend deals like that. I've just been a fan of the, of the no, whole no. resort over there. It's they, so were, good. All, they were booked out. All of the cheapest hotels, they were booked out. Oh. And of the ones that were not booked out, they were triple the cost that I night. stay with you. Why not do that? Have him stay with me. No, I, I want him to get the Vegas experience. It was just like one of his first times. So just like, you know, it's fine. All right. Yeah. Plus, it's close to our house. I don't want to have him stay at Red Rock, even if it was there, because that's such a far drive. Yeah, I just want to at that time. It is. It's a far drive. <laughs> the Circus Circus was full that night, or what's going on? That was, that was circus, all booked circus out? Was booked out. Trust me, I have looked at <laughs> I've looked at dingy Motel 6s. Yeah. Hey, oh, Kevin, so, okay, so, get those wind calls. Get those wind calls, oh, Kevin. So I, I'm, not, out, man. I'm not doing any call <laughs> options. No, 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 no. Uh, so, but I, I want to know. So, Andre, you're seeing the hotel prices going up. Uh, what, what about you guys, Graham, uh, yeah. Jeremy? What, what do you think? Like, your reactions were the market at first is like, this doesn't make sense, but then the market started falling. Like, does this matter? Is it just, uh, are we still, is it too soon? Do we need to wait for the September, October readings when, when unemployment goes away and schools open up again and supply chains have time to settle down? Yeah, I think so. Because when we go to the strip, I gotta say, it's packed. I have you never strip, seen it. The, 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 like the Las Vegas strip. Oh, not you strip. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> when I strip, I have never seen a crowd like that before. By <laughs> the way, nice, nice. The amount of inflation when you strip. <laughs> nice mug. Uh, yeah. So anyway, it, it's packed. The whole place is packed. It makes sense too because a lot of people are starting to travel now. Everyone is booking their trips. They've they've resisted for a year now. So I think it makes sense. I think we're probably going to see more demand than we expected for a little bit longer than we expect. That's what I think. Hmm. Yeah, it feels like it feels like this earnings season. Everybody's just wait. I think this earnings season is going to be really, really important, especially not just around this past quarter's earnings. So what the past revenue, but really that guidance. I think a lot of folks, including myself, are really interested to see guidance around companies and and especially big tech. You know, where's guidance at for big tech? You know, Apple's the biggest driver pretty much in the market, right? Uh, I'm hearing that iPhone 12 is still selling amazingly well. However, um, you know, we also got the iPhone 13 coming in, in two months. And so what's that going to do? And then Google, obviously Facebook, Amazon, some of those companies, how much were they benefiting from everybody staying at home now that life's going on? What's that mean for those companies? Revenue growth rates. That's a big question is, um, you know, those growth rates that everybody's expecting. Do those get hit? Are they beat? Um, and everybody's gotten so used to these companies killing earnings. 
what if they don't kill earnings? So I think that's what I think that's what Wall Street's really paying attention to is this this earnings season and guidance for next quarter. I think that's the big thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially yeah. since all the guidance from last quarter uh, was uh, earnings smashed. Earnings were great; they smashed. But the guidance that came out was oh, expect things to slow down. So what if they didn't slow down? What if things took off, right? Or, mm-hmm. or, or if they did slow down, did they slow down as much as expected or not? But so not only comparing to those expectations, but then also setting the new ones. Uh, so that, you're right. It'll be very interesting. Like we had JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs just absolutely like destroy expectations. But bo- like both of them ended down today. It was crazy. I mean, I think Morgan Stanley ended up, but JP Morgan and, and, and uh, Sachs, they did so well. Yeah. But all of a sudden, it's like, ah, oh, no, mm, already priced in all that growth. No thanks. Bye. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a weird market, man. Yeah. Like 2021, Golden. I think, is going down. I'll say really quick, and then back to you, Jared. I think 2021 is just going to go down as the year is like every strategy lost except for index funds. Like, it's mm. going to be the biggest burn on any active investor. Yes. I know. I, I see you honking the horn there, Graham. Uh, hey, look, I mean, like, in fairness, like, all this, like, insane, like, rotating is happening under the umbrella of just a very soft, slow-moving yeah. S&P 500, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's yeah. interesting to watch my own portfolio because Schwab has it separated by, like, equities and index funds at the bottom. Mm. And it's so interesting to see sometimes that my account will be even, and I'll look through and I'll see equities, like individual stocks, are negative, like, 20K. And then I'll go down, and the index funds are up 20K. It's wild to see how those are doing so well over the last probably two months or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, <clears throat> Goldman Sachs probably had the they've definitely had the best earnings of earnings season so far, even though the earnings season is really young. Those numbers were ridiculous. They beat by, I think, over 50 percent on EPS. It was just an insane smash. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, those, those those have kind of run the banks. And the problem with the banks is they they feel like they have such limited upside um, when it comes to those banks. They, they're not the type of stocks that can just keep running and running and running because people feel like there's limited growth there. There's worries about interest rates potentially going up, maybe less lending. Uh, the market's not very volatile, so maybe there's less trading commissions because some of those big banks do do make money on, on trading commissions. IPO market slowed down a bit. Maybe that hurts Goldman Sachs a bit. So you kind of get the, these great numbers but then people are always looking to the future and they're like it's already ran a bit um and so not really sure but how much of the 2022 2023 interest rate increases do you think are priced into you know morgan uh morgan uh stanley and like goldman sachs yeah Yeah, i I don't think interesting go ahead say again Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I, I don't think there's a lot in terms of 2022. I think Wall Street's still under the assumption that 2023 is the year where interest rates are going to go up. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. The stock price is priced in now that people are expecting it to be that year. I mean, if interest rates go higher for anybody watching, that's that's when banks do the best, right? Interest rates higher, they make more money. So. Yeah, well, that's you, what I was going to mention too, Jeremy. Is, is so, sometimes you actually you, you hear folks say, Wall Street analysts said, "Hey, banks should do decently because they get a better spread." Uh, you know, people are still going to borrow, hopefully, right? Uh, and yeah. and you get a better spread in in the interest rate, so they take in a little bit more profit. But I mean, you're right. I think trading revenues, just like trading in general, speed. 
know, uh, and then yeah. that's so maybe that's why when we had those big beats on on trading revenues, like oh my gosh, look at all this revenue. It's like what's to look forward to? What's oh, all behind you? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, trading revenues. Yeah, definitely is slowing down. And then the crypto market. I'm not sure how the crypto earnings will be. Oh, sorry, they don't have earnings. I'm sorry about that. Oh, sick burn. <laughs> well, do you see Robinhood made a ton of money off Dogecoin? Whoa! Yeah, I, I didn't see that. that. Well, what happened? Twenty percent of their revenue. Yeah, it's some like really high amounts. Twenty percent. I have it. I don't know it exactly if it was twenty, but it was it was a very high amount in comparison with with other trades that were being made. But I could see that continuing because even Forgot though it. other brokerages have embraced Dogecoin, like Webull did that, um, uh, Coinbase. So there's there's other places, but uh, Robinhood, I think, just already had such a big user base to begin with. Yeah, let me throw I got it. It says for the three, I, I literally have their S1 right here. Uh, all right. For the three months ended March 31st, 2021, 17% of our total yeah. revenue, total revenue was derived from transaction-based revenues earned from cryptocurrency transactions uh, compared to 4% for the first three months for the year ended 2020. So the last quarter was only 4%. Uh, while we currently support a portfolio of seven cryptocurrencies for trading, the first three months of the year, of the first three months, 34% of the revenue was because of Dogecoin. So basically, mm -hmm. total revenue of the total revenue, uh, let's try to figure this out. So of 100%, it's like 6%. Uh, 17% was because six, of crypto. Yeah, like 6%. And then, what, like that. Is it six? And then, uh, I don't know. I just do numbers in my head. I think it's like six or something. Oh, a third of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You're, you should be right. Yeah, exactly. That should be some like even a little somewhere around there. But it's still a lot. Yeah. Wow. Dude, that's Crazy. nuts. Because, I mean, you, you, like Robinhood, like where do they even rank in like crypto brokerages? You know, like like where would you? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even even put them in the top 10 of where I would think of doing a crypto but transaction. They are the top. Actually, they're, they're, they're probably the, the top. Oh, they're not yeah. the top. Finance is the top. I mean, the top three. They they got to be within top three. I don't believe it. I don't know. Yeah, finance Kraken and gosh, probably. Ah, man. I, don't I mean, Coinbase is is you know Coinbase, yeah. Coinbase yeah, Coinbase is up there. I think Coinbase uh, is three. Yeah, but yeah. Robinhood is still the cheapest platform to buy crypto with. But I still wouldn't recommend people do that. <laughs> right. That, that's the thing. Like, I, I feel like Robinhood has no respect in the crypto community at all. I don't no, know. I don't. Yeah. No. So that's like. That's well, I think it's really just because they don't have wallets. If you're able to withdraw it from the platform, I think they would be respected. Yeah. I think it's just that. They've that been promising that for years. years. They've been promising that feature for years. Yeah. Wait, yeah. has it really been years? Because I thought it was just within the last few months. Have they mentioned that for a while? No, I, no. I, at least two years they've been promising. Wow. That. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Jeez. Okay, That's so, um, hey, well, I mean, yeah, that, that is interesting. Uh, all right, so what do we think then? So we we went from inflation to crypto because uh, how did we get there? Because we're did, trying I, to think of things. Things. I wanted, which reminds me, I wanted to ask you, why do you think? And this is what confuses me: is we see uh, the entire market actually operating in in this weird unison where 
crypto's going down on this high inflation reading today, right? We talked about uh, what, what were the other ones? Crypto going down on high inflation, stocks going down on high inflation, bond yields going down on high inflation. But also, since you brought up bank earnings, bank stocks would normally do decently on higher inflation uh, with, with higher interest rates potentially, but they also went down. So it was just like literally, it's just everything, everything, the stuff that's supposed to do good and bad during inflation or less inflation, everything's just down. Is it just like a sentiment change in the market? And and does that maybe lead into us going, yeah, maybe that's why we're not investing either. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a lack of good deals. That's really what it is. There's, there's nothing out there that's prompting people to be like, oh, you know, this is what I want to be in right now. And I think overall, a lot of the market has been fairly flat, especially when you compare it with a year ago, where like every single day there was something crazy going on. It's like, oh, look at this is up 20% today. Now it's like, well, these things are up a percent or two. That's down a percent. Inflation is this. The market, it's like, there's, there's nothing out there that's uh, that's anywhere as crazy as it once was. There's a lack of hype right now. There's nothing yeah. hype we could talk about right now. There's nothing as hot as Dogecoin right now. By the way, to go back to the cryptocurrency exchange, Binance is the number one by volume. Then Huobi, Global, I don't know what that is. I've never used them. And Coinbase is three. So that was accurate. I've never heard of Huobi, though. Hmm. Yeah. Wow, interesting. But uh, yeah, you know, if you look at 2020, it was definitely there was just so many deals. And then you had the FOMO on top, right, where stocks were jumping fast. So it was like, I got to get in. Now people are taking it for granted because you're not seeing big stocks move. So, for instance, you know, I, I hate to bring up these type of stocks because I talk about them on the channel all the time. But like Corsair Gaming, Tattooed Chef, mm -hmm. stocks like that. Right. A lot of folks are looking at that and they're like, why do I need to buy today? Why not three months from now? Why not six months from now? Why not nine months from now? Why not a year from now? Maybe it's going to be at the same. Maybe it's going to be lower, right? In 2020, that was just not the mentality. 2020, it was like you buy everything in sight as fast as possible. But the thing is, this, this happens in the stock market all the time. You get these time periods where it's chill, and that's a great time to you know make these positions bigger and bigger, right? Happens in crypto too. I've definitely seen it several times in crypto, right? And those are time periods where you get months, if not years, to add and add and add, right? Then as soon as that next huge cycle starts up, FOMO starts leading in again. And then you get a huge increase in prices, but um, we just don't have it right now. And so, um, you know, some of these stocks do need to catch up with their PEs and things like that. I will say that. And so we're kind of waiting for that to happen, right? Um, where the valuations make more sense and you start looking at a valuation being like, this stock is trading at this, right? There's not a lot of stocks I feel like are priced silly right now outside of maybe Corsair and when. When I, I look at that stock, I'm, it's at $112. You have Vegas coming back stronger than ever. You have Macau. It's just a matter of time before Macau gets back on track and they loosen up restrictions, right? Maybe we're three months away, six months away. Uh, when's a stock when in good times when it's 200 plus and never mind when we get this pent up demand it did you do we really think it's not going to 200 over the next few years so um and we've never even had wind palace open which is like their premier property in macau that's never been opened in a big cycle before this is going to be the first major cycle in macau that's going to be open and that's going to be one of the most profitable resorts we've ever seen so there, there's certain opportunities i see in the market but big tech Eh, you know, big tech is not a great deal, I feel like. It's like, yeah. okay. Dude, I am down almost 4% on my Corsair position ever since we talked about it last. And on two and a half from today alone. So I might average in because I'm total return down almost 4%. So I have a thousand shares. I might buy a little bit more. Yeah. Or you could buy some index funds. I do. I buy 5,000 a week. 
four thousand a week. Good, four thousand a week. Yeah, yeah. That, that's solid. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, right now it's just that's the way it is, and I feel like that that same mentality is with Bitcoin. Bitcoin, when it was hitting forty, fifty, sixty thousand, man, people couldn't buy enough of it. Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Now it's at I don't know thirty two or whatever, and and yeah. man, I'm have not hearing a lot of talk about. Have you Bitcoin. seen those memes where it's like a bunch of people standing in line when crypto's doing really well? People are like, yes, yes, keep, but when it's doing bad, there's like nobody in line. Yes, that's yeah. exactly what it feels like. Yeah. Andre, why did uh, why did Dogecoin drop so much in the last uh, hour? Right now, in the last hour? Yeah, there's just all of a sudden there's a big sell off. Well, I guess not that much, but uh, when you look at the oh, chart, crypto in general, crypto in general, probably right. If yeah, what's Dogecoin in the last two hours though? Just Is it no rhyme or reason? Doesn't I haven't checked. Know. I have not looked at anything. Oh, it's nineteen cents. I, I don't think Pro is a millionaire anymore. We got to go. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, no, he was a millionaire, what, 20 cents, right? 20 cents. 25, is I thought. 20, yeah, you're right, 25, because he has, what, 400? 400,000. Oh, wow, yeah. Look at it. Yeah. It just gapped down. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Wow. Look at look at Bitcoin. If Bitcoin did the same move, then chances are that's why. It, not as much. That's eh, similar. It's, it's, it's uh, rhyming there. Yeah, that's true. But then again, last 24 hours, Bitcoin's down 1.5% and Doge is down 6.5%. Yeah, but that's just how everything falls substantially more than Bitcoin. Everything. All the time. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So I think that that uh, I, I want to ask you. Okay. So we talked, uh, Jeremy, you talked about inflation. Uh, you really like Win, which is a company that's going to lose money this year. Okay. I'll keep moving on. <laughs> That's fine, uh, Andre. Yeah, you um, you're you're averaging in on on VPI, crypto. Or are you on pause right now? VTI VOO paused a little bit of crypto. So two thousand into VTI, two thousand into VOO uh, a week, and then a thousand per day in crypto. But I haven't been doing that lately. So so you've Andre, you've really slowed down then with your investment because you you're not DCAing right now on crypto, right? Not right now, no. Not as like okay. heavily as I was. A little bit. And, and then, Jeremy, are you buying like relative to what you used to? Are you buying heavy right now? Or are you kind of just like the small nibbles? Well, for me, I'm investing in two startups right now that I'm personally starting up and funding as like the VC. So I would hmm. be buying a lot heavier if it wasn't for funding two new companies. And that's a big payroll and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, the reason you're not seeing a ton of videos from me about like $500,000 in this is just because I'm investing in my own companies like two. So that's taking money from me. But I am actively still buying call options. And I'm making my list right now because September 13th, 2021, that is the date where 2024 call options start coming out. And so I'm keeping an eye on a lot of these stocks that uh, I think are, are pretty darn attractive already. And if they continue like that, oh, man, 2024 calls, I'm going to be you know buying, buying a lot uh, pretty darn heavy. Let's put it that way. Uh, that would expire in January because that gives me the more time I have when it comes to call options, the more confident I am that things are going to play out. Right. Right yeah. now, right now, like the furthest out I can buy for call options is like January 2023, you know, yeah. um, Wait, Jeremy, you said September. What happens? September 13th, 2021. That's when 2024 call options start coming out that are going to expire in January 2024. So those are super attractive to me because usually I'm making multi-year bets on a company that a stock price is going to go to certain places, right? And so although I'm usually thinking three to five years out when I make an investment, 
if I get two years and four months, two years and five months, we're still talking close enough that it's attractive to me. And um, so I don't play with call options at all. Could you do call options for indexes? Ooh, yeah. I've never as buy. Sure, sure. Yeah. Spy, you could puts on it, calls, of course, yeah. absolutely. But what about like BTI and VO? I don't think I. Oh, well, you know, I've never checked, can. but I wouldn't I be surprised. Can. I don't see one. Wow, I can. Okay, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, you can. I got VTI up right now. Options here up to January twentieth, twenty twenty three. Right now, twenty twenty three. That's the thing, though, with index funds, it could go either way. If if they but then but then at that point you may as well just uh, just use margin, like twenty percent margin, reinvest that back into more, because that way at least you have a longer term outlook. You could actually buy shares. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not in love with definitely call options on the market in general because I am a little worried about the the rate of growth that big tech's going to have, and that drives the whole dang market, man. But um, there's certain stocks that I think are, are tremendous opportunities. And by the way, they need they need call options in crypto over time, man. That would be so dang interesting if they get call options in crypto. It's all the hedge funds have that now. <laughs> we don't need more leverage in the market. <laughs> we have enough. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's ways you can make money both ways. I mean, I, I know a lot of folks that make a lot of consistent income from just doing things like writing put options. Um, sure. You know, selling. Oh, I've been doing that. You've been doing that, Kevin? Yeah. It's a. It's, oh yeah. I have a friend who's like, dude, I just made 4% this week, 5%. That's like ridiculous. You know what I mean? So I'm like, well, no, what's know. ridiculous is I, I, uh, cause I want to own SoFi just as an example. <laughs> I uh, was, was last week I sold up, uh, I sold a put. Uh, so basically I committed to buying like $480,000 of, of, uh, SoFi at uh, 1750, which is a little bit below that right now, but that doesn't matter so much. I got $186,000 credit for making that contract which was like a 38% return like right away. You know, if I hold it to expiration, I end up having to buy it yeah. uh, and, and the price is similar. But either way, it's like, oh, I'll, I'll take it. And it's mostly because right now I just don't want to buy anything. So, and yeah. Andre, you mentioned you're you're just sort of trickling into the index funds. And on, yeah. I mean, what for you is like a penny's pace, which is it's, fine. It's, <laughs> it's so funny it's when you say thing, trickling right? in because you just said I bought $480,000 worth of SoFi and we just glossed over it like it's not a big deal. No, like, oh, no, 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 no. A week, you're just trickling, I, I right? Promise. <laughs> I made a promise. <laughs> That's all I did. Um, Jer Jeremy, you're funding your startup. Graham, did you end up buying real estate? Are you, did you buy a big multifamily building or did you go heavy on a stock? What are you doing? Gosh, no. I mean, the, the process to buy real estate is so long. I mean, realistically, this would be three to eight months out for me to identify an area, actually find a building, do the, do the uh, due diligence on it, actually commit to closing. It's a long process. So that's something I'm in the research phase. But besides that, just consistently buying those index funds every day. I just I look forward to it every morning. Just open my phone, see what, it, see what it's trading at, buy the S and P five hundred, and then I go through the whole list and I see like if something is down a lot, I'm like, hmm, why is it down? I'll look into it and then I'll think, oh, well, should I just add on to that? Whatever it might be. Yeah. So it, uh, it's pretty it's pretty lighthearted the the entire thing. And, and have <laughs> you been consistent? Uh, because yeah. right now it, it sounds to me like. Uh, Andre's less, Jeremy's less. I'm like zero because I, I mean, oh, with the exception of writing a put and making a commitment for like two years from now, I, I'm, I'm pretty much a zero right now. What, sorry, to be less, I'm only less on crypto, not necessarily like everything. I'm, I'm still consistent. Okay, okay, okay. So, so less on crypto for Andre. Uh, Jeremy's funding startups. Are you just same steady Eddie Graham or have you slowed yeah. down? Oh, yeah, no, I haven't changed a single thing. Um, okay. 
may, I mean, obviously compared with a year ago, I was dumping more money into individual stocks that I'm not really doing. I did, by the way, uh, all the stocks that we talked about and like the top five stocks that we're buying, uh, the next day I bought, I think all of them. I put, I think, 10,000 10, into each of those stocks that we talked about buying. Obviously, I was already in um, Adobe, but I think it yeah. was Ally, which I have been buying consistently Ally. Uh, Intuit was another one. I really like that one a lot. Uh, gosh, I think PayPal may have been one of them. I don't know. There, there's two, there are two more of them that I liked. And uh, those were stocks that we talked about here. Uh, yeah, yeah, PayPal, Intuit, Ally, Adobe, I was already in. But I like those stocks. Yeah. And so I'm not going to discussion. Be, but, but I'm going to put, uh, well, I put 10000 each. And I bought a little bit more, but I'm just going to hold them. I mean, that that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So, okay. All right. So, so some consistency, but no, it doesn't sound like any of us are going like mega crazy on anything right now. Uh, if, if anything, on average, it seems like we've slowed down our investments when we average each other together. Is this, I mean, what do we think for the market? Maybe why don't we each give a little thought on what our uh, prediction is here for the next, what's the second half of this year going to look like? Uh, is it going to be the same steady eddy? Or are we going to see an S&P correction? What are the odds of it? I don't know. What do you think, Andre? Hold on, where's my coin? I gotta flip it. Oh, you <laughs> <need> your coin. <laughs> where's my Bitcoin? Get the crystal ball. That's what you need. That's what I need. I mean, honestly, yeah, I don't. I mean, the way it goes, I continually yeah. buying. I'm not changing anything. It doesn't really affect me that much. I'm not trying to time but the market. Crypto. But, but like, crypto. when are you gonna buy more? Is, oh, if it drops <laughs> to a certain <laughs> level, are you gonna buy? If we get below thirty thousand, like substantially below thirty thousand, maybe twenty five thousand dollar range, I'll start buying again. Because I feel okay. like I. I have plenty. Yeah. And index funds, I don't think I'm going to change anything. I'm just going to continue putting in, you know, 4,000 a week, which I think is, is plenty. I don't, <laughs> it's not a drip <laughs> compared to Kevin and it's but, oh, stop. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Uh, I, I guess, hold on at the end of the year, I guess uh, I'll just say, I, I think it'll, <laughs> I don't know. I think it'll go up. I think it'll go up, but I don't know. I'm afraid of uh, the September forbearance. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> No, the forbearance uh, expiration, the mortgage forbearance protections. That's what I'm afraid of. And well, oh, you, know, you think of a real estate crash? So, yeah. but you have a no, fractional portfolio in real estate. Say again. But uh, I thought, what's like, what percentage of your portfolio is real estate? I, I thought it was the smaller part, and you're most fearful of real estate. Gosh, I want to say it's like thirty percent now that I own the house oh. outright. Yeah. Oh, that's right, because you paid cash for the thing. Okay, well, never mind. Yeah, no, that's that's a big deal. Yeah. I, okay. I feel like real estate has the least FOMO of any class. Like the amount of people I know that are just like waiting on this real estate crash and have been for like a million years now. And right. like, oh, I'm waiting to buy it. And Graham, I just worked out with Jack yeah. and Jack was telling me the same thing. He's like, well, I don't know. Housing prices seem high right now. And he was telling me he had a conversation with you, Kevin. And you're uh -huh. telling him, dude, just like, you know, how many people, you know, have, have, uh, are doing really well that own four or five properties. And it's like, you just got to get out there and buy a dang house, man. If, especially if you're planning on living it for years ago, rather than throw that money toward rent. But real estate, for whatever reason, gets a lot of non-FOMO and people like wanting to wait. Um, Jerry, hmm. I, I never understood that reasoning. Like people, are, you're throwing money away if you rent. That's not true. It is. Not true. It, it is, is not true. 
It, it is true because usually that money is going to be paid down on the mortgage. So, you know, it, it, let's imagine you live, you rent a house for 10 years or okay. you know, whatever, and you just are paying that rent, paying that rent. Well, instead, you could have been paying down your mortgage for 10 years, right? And now you have a ton of equity in this asset that probably appreciated over that time, right? And got a lot more expensive. So let's say you spent 100000 on rent versus 100000 on, on a mortgage. Then 100000 now you probably have is 150000 in, in equity versus enough renting versus owning is never an apples to apples comparison like people try to make it seem it's never like because like okay this is a perfect example because the place i'm renting now is fourteen hundred dollars a month split three ways between my roommate and my girlfriend right but the place i bought was is three times the cost of this place like why is that it's because that's the house i want to live in it's a very different house so it's it's never the same Rent, the things you rent are the opportunities you use to save money and invest the difference in the market. And then when you're ready to buy your dream home, that's when you go to buy and people always reach for more. They never settle on what they would rent. So it's never an apples to apples comparison. Like I think people should always try to make it same. Well, I could also say, Andre, you could rent that big, huge place you just bought to another three or four friends and make a bunch of rental income. And then you wouldn't yeah. even have to pay a mortgage. They would pay the mortgage for true. you. So. True, true, <laughs> true. But I would have never been able to get to that point unless I was in this place saving money. That, that's mm -hmm. what allowed me to take the risk of even quitting my job because I had the surplus of living so below my means. But if I had started out that way, I wouldn't have any money to, to even buy that place. So yeah, I, I can understand from that perspective, but still like most people, they're, they're either going to rent or they're going to buy, right? They rent an apartment, uh, not, not really like split it with a bunch of people and things like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think, Graham and uh, Kevin? I'd love to hear you guys take I on think, this. I think there's honestly, I don't think there's really anything wrong with renting. It just, it depends how long you're going to be in the home for. I think if, if you're going to be living in the same spot for longer than probably seven to eight years, then it starts making a lot of sense to buy something. But if you're only planning to live somewhere a few years, move somewhere else, move somewhere else, renting, I think, can be more cheap. And uh, and also, you have the opportunity cost of tying up money in real estate if you have a better opportunity elsewhere. So I think it really depends. But I think it could be 50-50, depending on your situation. Also, I think mm -hmm. the average is five years, by the way, according to the New York Times calculator that we talked about before. I think five years is about the break-even point. Yeah. I, be, I've I, only started I think with you're all wrong. seven, eight. But uh, you're all wrong. Look, if you're going to make an apples to apples comparison like Andre wants, then what we need to do is we need to look at that apartment that you're renting and determine why you didn't buy that apartment that you've been living in for how many years, three or four years. You could have built a lot of equity over that time. You could have gotten in with three or five percent down and you'd be way wealthier. You'd have way more money for that palace that you want to live in. No. Okay, so that's part one. That's fine. I'll, we'll, we'll get your response in just a moment. But the point is, if we're going to make that apples comparison it's important the problem with the new york times calculator that comes up regularly is you assume a sell point uh, and this is also why, why i believe what graham said is different from my opinion uh, and that's because if you assume a sell point yeah real estate sucks under five six seven eight years fine but don't assume a sell point hold the darn thing for 30 years rent it out you want to live there for six months you know what the best client in the world is or maybe not even the best client the best home buyer in the world is it's a va buyer somebody who literally gets relocated every year or two years and every place they go they buy a place 
They find the best property managers while they live there. They house hack while they're there. When they get relocated, they rent the property out with that property manager. And now they're accruing property throughout. Jeremy, you mentioned, hey, uh, Jack mentioned uh, that, that I said, how many people do you know that own three or four properties? Bingo. There aren't that many people that own three or four properties. But when you own three or four properties, over time, you're usually one of the people doing pretty dang well because generally people have this obsession with getting rid of their properties rather than keeping them. Okay, fair point. That, those are all really great points. But I think what we're missing is opportunity cost, right? So let's say that I did buy the house that I was in. I guarantee mm. you the job that I had three, mm. no, four years ago, I would never have left because I would have been too scared to leave that to lose the house. So the, the opportunity cost of being tied to a specific location into this house means that I would have never taken the risk to even quit the job in the first place and do what I'm doing here on YouTube. So I guess you could say, let, let's say, okay, that's that's not a fair career comparison because most people aren't in my situation. They're not going to do YouTube necessarily. But what if you were uh, working remotely? Uh, you were in tech. And let's say you did buy that house. Would you have been able to sell it? And would you be able to relocate? Or would you be tied down to that situation? So I don't, again, it's, it's not an apples to apples comparison. I think it's well, very hard I mean, to run the, the answer there is you always have an option to leave you know they run these the the uh, the guy with the turtleneck comes on apartment.com ads or whatever it looks like steve jobs and he's always like oh you know a house is an anchor no it's mm. not i can get up and leave at any point and i just put a for rent sign out the door you know well, you can leave you at can. any point well no you, uh, the, the, you have the resources right but not necessarily uh, oh come on it, it, how much are you paying in rent right now this one yeah. 14, 1400. And what's, what would the thing be worth if, uh, you know, if you bought it five years ago, what was it worth five years ago? Whenever you moved into it, 300, I think 300 K. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, even if your payment was 15, $1,600 or a little bit more with the HOA dues or whatever it was, you'd be well up because it's probably worth a lot more today. Uh, sure. so not only would you have the equity appreciation, but you have the principal pay down. So even if the market was flat, over those years, you'd be paying down that equity like crazy because you'd be paying off three, four hundred bucks a month in, in principle. So now let's say uh, you wanted to move and you're like, I just want to move. Even if you had to rent the thing out for twelve hundred dollars under market value, it's just like, I, oh, my gosh, like I, like I'm in a, I lost my job. I can't afford it. Anymore. I just got to get out. I got to get out. At, at least your loss, like your your risk doesn't go from fifteen hundred dollars and I have a roof over my head to I got to leave and all of a sudden I have to pay. 1500 bucks. Like I guarantee you put a sign out for 1200 bucks, that thing's rented in 24 hours. You know what I mean? So really, right. usually when you're comparing that opportunity cost, your risk is only that discount that you'd be willing to take to get the property rented within 24 hours. Real estate right. can move really fast. You put up a good that's deal true. on the rental market. That's true. But that's again, assuming that the real estate market would go up. There's no guarantee that it would have gone up. I mean, oh, sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, this is true. that's all you ever this saw going up. But let's yeah. say you're taking that risk to be extremely underwater. So let's say I did buy that house, this house that I'm in now, but we didn't end up in this market. Instead, we got 2008 all over again. Would that would I yeah. have made that same decision that you just made? No, not necessarily. Yeah, and, and, and look, that's that's always the thing too. Is is you're, you're right when risk. you're investing. Correct. You're right when you're investing. You're exposed to the whims of the market. This is true. That that and and some people just don't want that feeling. Correct. And Correct. if that feeling gives you that peace of mind, then fair. Then right. then then that is a different comparison. Yeah, yeah, but if your plan is to rent it out as a worst case scenario, generally rents 
end up rising. Even if real estate values are declining, if more people are now renting and not buying, the rental market does pretty well. Overall, the rental market is pretty consistent. Hmm. Right. Yeah. So if that's always your backup plan, I feel like it's pretty safe. Yeah. It's just you're going to have to work for some of that return just as a, as a property manager. Yeah, and I don't like using the whole, well, what if it crashed um, argument really because you could use that, you know, what if you put the money in Bitcoin and Bitcoin crashed, you know what I mean? And never came back or, or some stocks and those stocks just tanked and, you know, went down a lot. So you could use that for any investment class. So um, if you're planning on the argument being, well, I invested extra money by doing it this way, that could have crashed as well, right? Well, so, Real estate is, I think, a lot less liquid, right, than something like a Bitcoin or a stock. So, I mean, you're a lot more committed to your real estate, to your house, than you would to a stock or a Bitcoin or whatever it is. Haven't so. you heard of a match? <laughs> a match? <laughs> it makes, oh, you get a check real fast. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. Oh, no. uh, Let's edit okay, that out. So, uh, <laughs> go ahead, Jeremy. I was like, let's edit that part out. <laughs> uh, so, okay. All right. Fair, fair discussion on real estate. So uh, very well. So we talked uh, investing a bit. Oh, I want to bring this up. If y'all don't mind, someone at a campaign rally this weekend came up to me. Uh, the, the husband came up, uh, wife came up and they already had, I think two or three children with them. And said, hey, uh, my wife's pregnant. We've decided to name our child after one of the four people on Millennial Money. Who do you think it is? I think it's either me or Kevin. <laughs> I, I would true. say Graham. If I had to guess Graham, because you, you, you have the, the most subscribers. So I think there's a higher probability <laughs> it would be yeah. you of everybody. I would say Kevin because they're at his rally. So That's what I was kind of thinking. Mm. Well, that's flattering. I guessed, and I guessed correctly. Oh, uh, which man. I, I don't think you would have guessed yourself first. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> you wouldn't have been like Kevin, of course. <laughs> I, would think have, I, have been I think it's Graham. I think it's Graham. I think it's a unique. I think name. it's Graham. I think it's Graham. I I think uh, I I met, uh, and I said this after the fact. I thought that Kevin Kevin was a bit of a, a '90s name, and uh, I think I was thinking to myself, what's what's like a 2021 name right now? Andre, and it was Andre. No, no. Way. yeah, dang, no way. Yeah. <laughs> what? Graham's like no way. <laughs> what? Them. That's like a that's like a sneak diss right there, <laughs> and you kick them out, right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't let him take a selfie anymore. <laughs> Andre, spelled the Russian? same way. Were they Russian? I didn't ask that. That's a good question. Uh, okay, they, I guess, I, that's a very common name. Some folks don't have the I at the end, though, right? Yeah, I don't. I've never seen it with the I. Andre, you're the only one with the I. The yeah, that's a Russian thing. Yeah, Russian eyes at the end. Yeah, I don't know why. That's just what we do. I guess when you spell it in Russian, there's an I at the end of it. That's why. Hmm. Ah, what was it's the like, reason? Is it? Did they not like my thumbnails? Or <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my god! Did they? Did they not get their free stock down below in the description? What? What? What is it? I, I feel like this is a video opportunity right here. I should like fly them out and and make a video like I had somebody <laughs> name a child after me. That's actually good. Yeah. Cool. 
Yeah, and then they tell you, by the way, it's yours. <laughs> oh my god, that would be awesome. <laughs> Jeez. That's a real reason. <laughs> yeah, where, where, where do we get the child support? <laughs> okay. You know how much money you're making now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and on that note. <laughs> the real reason stopped investing. <laughs> <laughs> so okay uh i think the next topic was uh <laughs> dink coin uh graham oh uh dink doink dink okay. doink that was the... <laughs> so this is a this is a i kid you not this is the uh the new cryptocurrency from logan paul and his friends and uh, it looks like logan's not like he he had a he had a hand in creating it. It was uh, one of his friends. Uh, he goes by the Truth Experiment on uh, YouTube and uh, Instagram. His name is Jake, and it's it seems like he's really the one behind it. It's his thing. He's friends with Logan and the whole uh, group, and they're all you know, I don't want to say they're all in on it, but uh, but it seems like they all have a have a stake in this, doing well, and it's it doesn't seem like to me it's this pump and dump thing, but they did. But it, but it seems like that. They all went on Twitter together. They went on the <laughs> Telegram. Seriously. I mean, they basically, they created the, the most ridiculous coin they could think of with no real utility whatsoever. They're just like, what's the stupidest thing we could think of? Dink doink. Let's make that a real cryptocurrency. And then let's take to Twitter and let's take to Telegram and just tell people we, we're all in on this coin. Uh, we're holding it to the moon. I don't see any evidence at this point that uh, that there was a sell-off or that there was a big dump or that they offloaded. The, I, I don't see any evidence of that. It just seems like a silly idea. And, uh, of course, people took it. They they immediately called it a scam. But, uh, but yeah, th that's it. That's basically what it's done since the very beginning. I think it was just them messing around, uh, kind of a silly idea. I wouldn't take it too seriously. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's gaining a lot of attention for basically just being, yeah, dink doing. Hey, that, like that, a, is, that is CoffeeZilla written all over it right there, man. You did. You did a video. Oh, we did a video? Yeah. Oh, I'll have to check it out. I didn't get to see it yet. Yeah, because yeah. I know there was a rice gum one uh, with all them. That that uh, Was it a phase phase crew or something like that? Yeah, it was Save, well, the, kids, save the Kids yeah. token. Tech Lead it did its own, right? The Millionaire token. I saw yeah, that. The millionaire, and I, th I think his is actually doing well. Is it the million token? I just saw that like he got really bad press for it though. Whatever happened where it looked like he dumped it. I don't know if he actually did, but people are wait, saying. Wait, wait, wait. So wait, I'm actually kind of blown away here. So if this is what I'm looking at, it's called million. It's trading. It's up 237%. Trading at $200 with a market cap of $200 million. He did it. He got listen. You <laughs> got it. You got to hand it to him. Okay. He created this thing. Is I, I think the whole thing was satirical. I think it's like guys, crypto is this is stupid. I'm going to show you. I'm just going to create millionaire token as a millionaire. He creates this, and sure, he, he brings awareness here. But uh, but again, he's uh, a lot of people say, oh, he's selling this off. He he has made it, and I'm neutral on this. Like I'm not invested in this. I I have. I have nothing to uh, to gain from like you know talking positively or negatively about this. He's made videos explaining everything that people are concerned about. 
explaining mm. the reasoning behind what they're pointing out. And uh, basically saying, I'm, I'm holding this thing. And uh, he was able to turn a million dollars into a market cap of $208 million. In That's crazy. And he probably owns like 50% of it. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, I, I don't know. It's been trading for a day. No, it hasn't. It's longer than that. It's longer than that. It's been well, up for how come I can't. How come when I go to year to date, it only takes me to July 2021, 12th? No, it launched 4th of July. Uh, Is it MM? Yeah, MM. Do, like can you send out. me a link? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, July 4th is the inception date. Not I much better, but okay. <laughs> that is incredible. Started out at 23 million, dropped to as low as, I want to, what is this? Wow. 3 million. No. Yeah. Volume three. Okay. Wow. That's crazy. See, I think this is, <laughs> this is how it should, like, I don't want to say this, how it should have been done correctly because, uh, I mean, I don't want to say, I, I just, I have a hard time believing this is a pump and dump. I, I really like maybe, and I could be wrong, but to me, this is, this is a joke, satirical coin proving the fact. And, and he basically said like the, the minimum, he's basically, he put a million dollars of his own money as the base. So like these coins are always going to be worth $1. It's never going to go to zero. The You'll always be able to redeem for $1. And then he lets the market dictate what it should be selling for. And sure, I mean, there's a lot of promotion involved in that, uh, in the sense that like, yeah, he is like, and again, you can't tell how much of this is satirical. Of like, yeah, they're going to the moon. It's going. He's not stopping until there's a hundred million market cap. But it was a unique idea that had never been done before. And the fact that like there are only a million tokens, each backed by one dollar, that hadn't been done before. And that's his brand. Dink Doink, on the other hand, I feel like was too jokey, was too over the top, and it lacked that originality. It was like either copying South Park in terms of like the characters, or it was trying to be Dogecoin, and mm. it just kind of fell flat but can we million token i am geez i listen i hadn't checked the price in a, in, since it came out i just kind of assumed okay it's like 10 bucks or whatever where wow. is some um, millennial token. token that that's a is that a thing yet millennial token <laughs> millennial. you just redeem it for starbucks <laughs> Starbucks <laughs> and avocado toast. like you just you can't buy anything with it <laughs> Kevin, you still if anything, it just gets you into student loan debt. That's millennial. Right. The more you hey. hold on to it, the more in debt you get. You you hear all this gambling, Kevin? You still think wind calls aren't going to print, man? There's a lot of Dude, demand I'm, for gambling. I'm about to, Jeremy, I'm about to wire you a million dollars so you can buy whatever effing calls you want because this is ridiculous. <laughs> like I'll, I, I will buy wind all day long over something that came out on July 4th. That is an idea that hasn't been done before, and that's why it's going up. You realize that the more like negative you are about it, the higher it goes. That's just generally how crypto works. The more people talk <laughs> bad about something, the higher it goes. And the more people love something and they talk about how great it is, it sounds like a like I'm trying to sell it to you, and it just it sells off. So if I mean the the sad part is, and the truth is, I don't think any of us are invested in this token. So <laughs> the, the more negative attention we're bringing to it. The the real truth is none of us need to be invested in this token. <laughs> That's sure. the thing. Like I feel bad for, for people who, uh, you know, they're trying to get ahead and they're legitimately looking for the next big thing to invest in. 
and then you get into something like a torchlight uh, or 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 space. Uh, you know, the the second pre market happens the the day after the launch, and then and then it crashes, and then it's like, oh my gosh, I worked. I, I saved for six years to save 20 grand and all of a sudden my 20 grand is worth four grand. You know, like that's that's all of a sudden when depression and despair sets in. Uh, oh, quite frankly, all of us could put uh, $100,000 into this coin. It could go to zero tomorrow and we'd have a beer over it and, and move on, you know? So I mean, like we're, we are in a different place too. <laughs> so pump it, Kevin. Keep pumping it. Yeah. That, you know, that's the problem. <laughs> That, that's the problem, you know, and uh, I mean, there's so many situations like that going on in the market, whether it be stocks or cryptos and, and whatnot. And, and, you know, just the it's a straight pump for nothing. You know what I mean? Like a crypto coin that does nothing and it, it serves no purpose or a stock that, you know, let's say went up a thousand percent. And it's, uh, it's, so, it's so funny to hear us criticize. It's It's literally impossible to criticize crypto because the moment you do. You just sound like a dated, like just boomer. That's like, oh, I don't get where this gets its value from. It's, it's this. Scam. I'm trying to change my name right now, but I can't figure out how to do it. I was gonna change it uh, here. I'll put it on screen. I, I couldn't figure out how to do it, so I'll just put it right there. Meet <laughs> five. I get it all the time. People are like, oh, here's another one. I get this one. Has any? Have any of you guys seen this one before? Uh, here it goes. Meet Elmer Fudd. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> now, oh, the big man. question, though, when do you think the SEC is going to get involved in this? Because uh, my thinking is basically when they when they disguise basically a security, they say it ha it's a currency, it could be used for this function, but it's really a security. I mean, they, they just kind of disguise, they dress it up a little bit. They say, here's the function, it's doing this. It's kind of useless. But at what point do you think the SEC is going to start really taking note of this? Because right now, it's there's nothing stopping anybody from creating their own currency, being like, Here, here's what it does. And it maybe, you know, makes, makes your computer go up, you know, just do something. I don't know. And then all of a sudden pump it and then sell it. I mean, what's to stop anybody from doing that? And it's perfectly legal. You'd yeah. think that if they were to do anything about it, they would have done it in 2017, right? During like the birth of these ICOs. So to me, I think one of two things will either happen. So either we get a stable coin collapse, in which case I think they'll be forced to do something about it, or they're going to go after somebody like individually, and that's going to scare off everybody else. And so they're not necessarily going to regulate the entire market, but if they go after somebody specifically and we realize like, oh, they just came after tech lead and they just like took them down or whatever it might be. I think that would be enough to scare people from doing this and trying this in the future. You know what? I don't think so because they have to completely redefine what they call a security. And there, there is such a nuance between, you know, the currency and like someone trying to pump the U.S. dollar or something like that. So I think there's so much nuance there that we're probably a year or two away from them really being able to draft language. It reflects the current environment that we're in today. I feel like yeah. we've been saying that for years, though. Like, oh, we're a year away from them doing something about it, and they haven't. So at what point will they? It's just going to take a catastrophe of some sort, or somebody's going to be made an example of. Could be. Yeah. 
th that's usually what happens. I have a lot of friends at the SEC, and uh, what they say is that they're just trying to catch up on it all. You know what I mean? Like, the problem is it's it's always a new thing. It's always a new thing coming out. It's always a new social media. Like, for instance, TikTok wasn't even a thing two years ago. Now, all of a sudden, pumping on TikTok, crypto coins is like a big thing. And it's like, you know, the SEC is like a big thing, and it's it's got to catch up to that. And usually by the time it catches up to that, there's already another thing going on. And mm. so they're always playing like catch up, but to pass things. Right. And so it makes it for a real tough situation. And I do see potential examples being made of in the situation to kind of like scare off people or, you know, I've seen that in a lot of things. Like I remember, um, you know, if we go to other situations that have happened in the past, right? I remember when uh, Michael Vick got uh, caught with the dog fighting. Like, dog fighting used to be a thing, and uh, you know, a lot of folks that are animal lovers would think that's a horrible thing, right? But it wasn't until Michael Vick got made as, as an example, they took him to federal prison, you know, who was one of the biggest superstars in the NFL at that time, and it, all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, you can't fight dogs anymore, right? And mm -hmm. um, so th that is what will likely probably happen. But it's tough because it's like – if they're if they're trying to go after this new thing, dude, the, the game's going to have changed over the next 18 months and the next thing's going to be and we're going to be talking about that and they're behind. So hmm. it's going to be all about NFTs. What's an NFT? Is it, is it a currency? Is it is it a commodity? What the heck is it? Exactly. Yeah. It'll be NFT pumping and into, like that. Maybe that's already going on. It's just not a big thing. And then that will become a big thing. And then it's like, dude, it, it's impossible to catch up because they just keep moving it. So why do I feel like NFTs were popular for like two months and now they're not. It's true. It's then it's yep. it's that initial wave, but maybe it all of a sudden comes back, right? Uh, you know, Bitcoin had like an initial wave that it kind of caught a little uh, little buzz, right? But then it kind of went away for a bit. Then I, I don't remember if it was 2015 it came back or, or 2014 or what year, and it kind of caught some more buzz. And then obviously 2017 was the year where it caught all of our all of our attention, right? Um, yeah. And then. And then obviously in this latest run, it caught even people that aren't even really into finance. I feel like it caught everybody's attention in the finance community in 2017. I feel this latest run caught everybody's attention, regardless if you even care about finance or not. And maybe that's NFTs. Maybe this was the initial burst, goes away for a little bit, comes back, gets bigger, goes away for a little bit, comes back, gets even bigger. And then all of a sudden, you know. We'll see. It's so interesting. I wonder if there's a line of, of investing that's like trend investing. Is there is there like is that swing trading, I suppose, or like momentum trading or momentum I don't know, if you trade, like for sure. spot these opportunities that are like the next hot thing for just a hot second, just buy them before they take off and just sell them a month later. It's like it just, Well, I, I think what you get a lot of is folks seeing the trend start and then try to get on the ride. But the crazy thing is, you know people do that over and over again but then as it starts uh, often enough it just like instantly dies before it ever like fully goes parabolic and and so it's it's tough because it's just like if you're constantly looking for the next swing it's like oh this looks like it's going over here and and, and then it doesn't uh but the times it hits you know those are the stories we hear <laughs> well right. and, and with, with NF oh i was going to jump in real quick and say with nfts the tough thing is most people don't even know how to buy an nft right um i feel like yeah. You know, crypto was at that moment like, shoot, talk to me six years ago. I wouldn't have known the first thing on how to flip to buy Bitcoin. Now I could set up an app and I buy Bitcoin in a couple minutes. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, same thing with stocks. Right. It's sometimes it's about knowing, oh, what marketplace do I go to? How do I do this simply? And um, with NFT, 
I don't even know where you go for that actually right now. I'm sure there's websites or apps, but I don't know. MetaMask. Mm -hmm. Is that what it is? Wallet. Yeah, that's a good point, Jeremy. That's a really good point. What do you guys think is going to be the next uh, momentum uh, asset? Oof. It's interesting because we had the short sell phase. Anything yeah. that was like high short interest, you could just literally buy it, wait two weeks, and you made money. <laughs> you know, uh, there was really that momentum phase with short interest that's gone away. Uh, you know, then it was just I don't know. It went to uh, I mean AMC and GME. They had had their incredible run the first half of the year. But uh, yeah, what's next, right? Is it, is it still just going to keep being something like AMC and Jimmy? Do they, they just, just keep popping news based? Like, oh, it's it's Virgin Galactic. It's here and then it's not, you know? Yeah, and AMC, I've been watching it lately. It's been going down. Jeremy, yeah. yep. you uh, you made quite a bet that it was not going to hit $100. And, uh, you know, I know. And, and I got so much hate for that at the time, man, when yeah. I, I said, you know, there was a 1% to 2% probability AMC goes over 100. And a lot of people hated me for that. But I've been doing this for a long time, man. I know what's going on out there. And, and you know, at that time, it was a hard prediction to make because AMC was skyrocketing every day. But, you know, once you get those big market caps keep pushing and pushing, you know, you need fun money. You know, the, the, the people at home on, on different apps, you know, there's only so much of that out there. And if you don't have that big fun money, you know, it's not going to keep moving when those market caps gets pushed up. The retail investors can push it up so far, but, it, you know, a big fund's going to look at AMC at, let's say, 30, 40 billion. They're like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not touching that, right? Um, so, But you still have thousands of apes that are holding the lines. They're not going to sell, Jeremy. They're just going to yeah, create a but floor. They're they're selling. Trust me, it's clear. <laughs> you know, and, and the this, problem is that now there's not the FOMO. So now people are looking at it and they're like, well, what if it goes to thirty two? You know, do I need to buy? You think, you think it's retail investors selling AMC right now, or do you think it's hedge funds? I think it's a I think it's a combination. Um, you get you get some people that, you know, they won't admit it, but they get scared, right? And they see it going down and down, and it seems like the momentum's died, and. Mm -hmm they start cashing. Right. Um, right. And, you, and that's just what happens. That that's like another reason, like it's human psychology. Like if you study humans at all, like you're going to understand this is how the markets work. No one will admit it, you know, but, but it's going on and uh, you know, people don't tell anybody and they keep it real hush hush. And then, you know, slowly you just see it kind of just evaporating. Right. And it'll have a bounce and then it just evaporates. There, there has to be something really big, like a huge catalyst for it to be front and center attention for it to pump again. Otherwise, like mm -hmm. you said, it's like a slow burn out. It's just not exciting anymore. anymore. You're like, oh, I just, you know, I have $500 in the stock. I, it hasn't done anything for me. I'm just going to sell it and go on vacation. Like it's just, it just dies after a while. If there's no narrative, if there's no great story behind it, then it just kind of fizzles out. Yeah. And it happens to even, you know, companies that are beasts. Look at Tesla. You know, I think Tesla is a really good example of that. You know, even Tesla, you know, it kind of faded, right? It, you know, it hit 900. It was at peak FOMO. Oh, yeah. And Tesla's an amazing company doing some unbelievable things like earth changing things. And, and even that stock, you know, eventually it just kind of peaks out and you kind of get this, you know, time period you're going to go through for quite a while where it's like, 
-hmm. Now, with a company like Tesla, they might have a chance of, of maybe, you know, returning to highs at some point. Right. Uh, but for some stocks that maybe just don't have the fundamentals to back valuations, that's where you get into some trouble. And that's, um, you know, and for new investors, sometimes they're going to get frustrated because they're going to see it going down. Maybe the company's reporting yeah. good earnings and they're not going to understand, like, why this is going on and why that's happening. But I feel like so much of the great story behind Tesla, too, was the fact that short sellers were so against Elon. And it was like this this big bet of hedge funds versus Elon. And so, of course, retail and everybody rushed to support. And now it's like uh, the stories, like you said, just kind of fizzled out. And it's like, OK, well, I mean, who cares? Yeah. 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 And now, like, I mean, Tesla's got a massive valuation on it. So you, you really need some money to come in that to, to move it. What are we looking at here, uh, Kevin? Yeah, just some recent ones. Like here's, uh, you know, this was Torchlight. It merged with this company, Meta Materials, and they did a reverse split. And it had all this media attention. And anytime you just, like you mentioned, the simple psychology of money, anytime you get this peak media, everybody's talking about it. Boom, it hits this high price, starts fizzling. One that's starting to do that one right now is this company called Emrin Software. And this thing went from, I don't know, like a buck 37 to $27. The thing had like an $18 million market cap and went to an over 200 something million dollar market cap. And this is easy, like you mentioned, for retail investors to push up because it's it's a tiny market cap, you know, $200 million. Who cares? It was It's, it's almost potentially the same thing with, with Build-A-Bear, very, very small market caps. These things move big. And then they come down and it's, but it's the same pattern every time. Uh, so it's just something to keep an eye on. You know, space has kind of been doing stuff like this. It, it goes in these crazy cycles, these euphoric cycles, crash is hard, you know, but Virgin Galactic has been one that's actually had the opportunity of coming back. But I think you're right. I think sometimes these, these momentum companies, they, they come up, they're exciting. And then people get left holding the bag on these just for years and, and you never return. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, Isn't it amazing yeah. How powerful like those organizations are. Just, I mean, if if you know if you're in the inside of that company, you know a story's about to come out about some company that is like you, like Kevin said, a small cap that no one's ever heard of. What are you gonna do? You're gonna load up on it. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 And it's, you know, it's, it's not even media. I mean, I think a great place to look is YouTube views. Like, you know, look at the views those guys were pulling in those Matt cores, the, the Trey guy, my gosh, you know, we've never seen those sorts of view counts um, on live streams, like 700,000, 900,000, um, you know, and it was just, you know, from, from super small channels too, right? Like they didn't have even big subscriber bases, but it was just that much attention at that time. Right. And uh, you go through some of those periods and then eventually fundamentals matter. That's the thing. Like eventually the fundamentals matter. And as more time ticks on, the fundamentals become more and more important and uh, you can get uh, the hype cycles here. And it, it happens in crypto, I think to a much bigger extent. Right. But eventually you have to show some promise with a coin. Right. Uh, there has to be some real true excitement there. Right. Uh, you know, coins can pump in general when Bitcoin's flying high. But eventually when things turn the other way, you know, the ones that hold up decent, like let's say Ethereum, Ethereum, you know, I don't know what Ethereum's down from highs, but I feel like it's not down nearly as much as some of the other coins. But that's because a lot of people actually believe in Ethereum well, and see the problem. Well, it's it's one of the biggest reasons about Ethereum is, is because it's whether it's hypey or not. One of the biggest reasons, one of the biggest things that doesn't die is utility. If something is has utility behind it, who cares whether it's popular or not, whether it has a great story or not, if people are using it for stuff, which people are for Ethereum, it's got the biggest development code, uh, development database in the world out of all the crypto coins. 
uh, of course it's going to continue to go up. It's going to trend over the years higher. It doesn't need a great story behind it. But Bitcoin, I mean, the, the Bitcoin, I think, is more story driven. It's a, it's a lot more about, you know, the whole inflation, us versus them. It's, it's a very narrative based kind of crypto. So you have narrative cryptos and you have utility cryptos. It's like, I, you know, which one you want? Yeah, I've noticed a lot of the, the you know, the people that were, were hyped on certain stocks have moved to Ethereum now. It's it's interesting to kind of see that, and maybe it's for good reason, or maybe it's just uh, you know trying to trying to find the next trend or that next wave, and maybe Ethereum's that one. I've had a lot of people ask me about just Cardano over and over, like, oh, Cardano, that's where it's at, because you know that's that's What's the that at now. One twenty two something right now. It's sold off about ten cents in the last okay. couple of days. Got it. It'll be anyway. interesting to see what the, what the next thing is. I'd say give it a month, and it, it's going to be something that none of us expect. It could be another stock. It could be another type of stock. It's going to be something. There's always going to be the next, that next thing. Tattooed Chef. Tattooed Chef, baby. Just watch it. It's gonna, We're going just to watch 22. It million, just watch it be million token. It's up to, <laughs> it's up to 210 right now. Oh, man. That's crazy. It could have made a percent just now. Oh, man. Yeah, maybe oh, okay, so it really pumping it, just pumping it. We need sponsors, yeah. okay? <laughs> hey, Kevin, are you buying puts on anything? You shorten anything in the market because you you don't sound as positive. So you making any moves? No, like that? I, I I don't like betting against our U.S. stock market at all. So I don't have any shorts. I do. Um, I just I, my my way of shorting is holding cash because i hate cash <laughs> yeah it's not a good feeling to short um you know i shorted peloton earlier in the year uh because i just thought the valuation was you know way way up there but i just don't like the feeling of being short even though it was a small short position for me it's just i don't know it just doesn't feel good like you you make money on a stock going up it feels good shorting i don't know like i made money on that but it just didn't feel good man <laughs> like it's just something i feel like wrong about it you know like hoping this goes down and you make money from it. It's just, I don't know. I don't like it. Maybe it's for some yeah. people, but it's not for me, man. Makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So uh, we've hit inflation. We hit cryptos. We hit real estate. We hit a child being named after one of us. We've hit a lot of things here. We've hit momentum stocks and coins. Hey, now it's just sort of, you know, what, what what's going yeah. on with you? You were on Fox the other day. Ooh, I thought it yeah. was oh. Fantastic interview. You oh, thanks, did dude. so well. Yeah. Well, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Well, first, I, I want to say, like, I thought I had a cool little setup. But, dude, when I went into that studio, oh, my gosh, it's insane. And I, I wanted to do it in person, too, because they wanted – initially, they wanted to do it on Zoom. And I'm like, why don't I just come? Like, you're in L.A. Like, it's easy for me to uh, to drive down there. Uh, I don't even have to drive. The car will drive me. <laughs> uh, no. This is what Tesla's going to the moon. But anyway, uh, they're like, oh, well, we haven't had anybody actually come to our studio in person since COVID. And I'm like, great. Well, I'll be number one then. Uh, and wow. uh, they were cool with it. But I went there and they – like I sat down at their, their news desk and all of a sudden the cameras start moving around. Like the, the things they're standing on, they start driving around like robots <laughs> And I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like, you know, that you've seen those videos of the Amazon factories before 
where yeah. like all the robots are moving around. It's literally those are like the cameras, and the cameras can like go up and down. They tilt, zoom. Every, literally everything's robotic. And I'm like, wow, how many people lost their jobs? <laughs> you know, doing all of that. It's kind of sad to think about. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's some people controlling it in the back, but like it was so impressive. Just the the uh, the stuff that was there was just like so intimidated by all of it uh but it's it's also really cool because they the staff were really nice um yeah i mean it was a really cool experience <laughs> so thank you for mentioning That's incredible. that incredible yeah yeah and, and being live too like that was crazy too like the second the interview ended uh and, and they're like you know uh next up we're gonna talk about the record heat waves and then the interview's over uh, i look at my phone and i just see texts coming from like lauren or, or other family members or people nobody it's like oh good job good job and i'm like oh my gosh it like really was live it, it's wow. so surreal that's so cool <laughs> yeah. dude that's yeah. awesome uh, you know what Are i thought like when i saw the instagram story kevin is uh i was like Oh, this is why Kevin ran for governor, just so he could see the inside of Fox News, so he can make his studio I can sicker than them. Steal all the insights. Say <laughs> <laughs> so we're buying a bigger studio. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, that's cool, man. Kevin, okay, how does your house come along? What? Sorry, what? My uh, turn. Grant, you're my turn. turn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, are you ever uh, nervous, like going on those? Like that's terrifying. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I like I I got there on purpose like an hour and a half early and they're like we don't know where to put you <laughs> and so they, they have these like green rooms or whatever they ended up putting me in the green room and you just kind of sit there and just like you kind of just have to like get feel the space and and right. chillax a little bit because otherwise it's just intimidating you know well whatever uh, you do don't don't like integrate the moving cameras because i feel like then you lose that like relatability and it's just like a, a studio set and it's just like like cameras are moving you're not even looking at the camera you're like hey guys and you're just like what, what is he looking at that's true because they even had they actually had a guy for this one but they have one of those the, the big crane arm cameras or whatever and and like the opening shot where they start talking to me this camera's just coming down from like the top of the world and and it's just coming down to like go into your face it's just like oh it's it's crazy just wow. the equipment I mean, they probably spend more money on like one piece of equipment than i did on my entire set you know and i thought i thought 200 grand was a lot <laughs> dude oh, wow oh wait yeah, so uh last week Andre, you got grilled on this real estate project. Do you do you want to try to you want to rematch on this versus you and Graham? Because last week, I I mean, I'll be honest, man, I was just a referee and I felt like they got the best of you last week. Do you want to rematch and explain in this situation, or do you even want to? I don't have enough. I don't have enough new information to to rematch, but but I didn't even finish. I was like, oh, I'm gonna do this, you know, real estate thing where I'm gonna buy. They're like, oh no, no, that's just dumb. You're yellowing your money, and I'm like, whoa, wait, wait, hold on. Let me finish. And yeah, it was with a bunch of guys that you know had a lot of experience flipping homes, and I think it's a cool way to learn about real estate. It's a great way to make some content, make a little bit of extra money, and it's a win-win for everybody. Um, but I don't have new information as far as the actual numbers just yet. So I'm still waiting on that. And as soon as I have it, hey, well, we'll when, when that opportunity tanks uh, and you're in it, I'll send you this. And then you can tell everyone that you're diamond handing it. <laughs> the, guy, the guy who's in real estate is telling me I'm going to flop. So uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. You know, what? in the worst case, you're going to get content out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then you guys, you know, how I lost money. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. 
But the, then you guys told him his content's not even going to get views on that subject. So you <laughs> tore him <laughs> up there. The you're like, yeah, even if you get content out of it, you're not even going to get views on it. Trust me, it's going to be a 10 out of 10. Like, uh, uh, it, it's true. They they don't do that well. And that's the one thing, uh, Kevin, I remember you were you were thinking, like this is maybe two years ago, about buying that, uh, what is it, the, paint, the, the painted lady house? Oh, God. What is it called? Yeah. 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 That would have been such a mistake. So that was yeah. in San Francisco. Uh, I had an offer on a, on a, uh, the, one of the lady, uh, one of the houses that uh, the iconic houses in San Francisco. I'll pull yeah. a picture. These houses, you know, by the way, they're, they're on postcards. Like your yeah. house would be on a postcard sent around exactly. the world. And it was the best one. Now yeah. I know that sounds like, oh sure. It was the best one. It was the one that was in the middle of uh, of the row of, of painted ladies and it had a view of the capitol building the san francisco or the san francisco city hall building uh and it, it's so beautiful because you could see the dome of it the other ones to the left and right didn't have it so you've got three right here you've got three right here it was this one right here wow. and this was the only one with the view of uh of the city hall because these guys have other apartments behind it and so do these so this was the only one with the view. Uh, anyway, so I I lost the deal by five thousand dollars, and I lost it in it's three and a half million dollars, mind you. I lost by five thousand dollars. I got that close. Two weeks later, San Francisco goes on a lockdown for COVID. <laughs> My God, I would have been screwed. <laughs> wow, yeah. Dude, I didn't realize the timing of that. But what would that be worth now? Wait, but, but, but Kevin, you could have rented that. No, no way. I'd still be sitting on that project right now. Uh, Is this not a repeat of the conversation we had earlier? But now I'm on the uh, other yes. side. Yes. on the other yeah. side. No, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. You buy a development project or something you want to renovate, stupid in California. Cal California, stupid. <laughs> like, don't do that in California. Especially San Francisco. That would have been dumb. I'm glad it didn't work out. <laughs> wow, that would have been fun. Let's just clear the air on this before we wrap it up, guys. So, Kevin, because here's here's how it's going to come across to some people, you know, after last week. Some people are going to say, wait a minute, Kevin, you're the guy that's telling us real estate's the best way to, to build wealth. And Andre's trying to build wealth through, through real estate. So is it specifically Andre's approach or is it specifically because the situation Andre's in with his net worth that it's just not worth it for him? The circumstance of the economy. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, look, I um, if you're going to develop real estate, uh, well, first of all, don't develop real estate in California. There's a rule for you. Uh, number two, if you're going to develop real estate anywhere, you got to have a really, really good team, like an architect and engineer who actually are going to not rip you off and take care of you and contractors. Uh, that's, that's great. Uh, otherwise, for normal folks getting into real estate, my belief is always find a fixer-upper, cosmetic fixer-upper, get into something you can live in, fix it up while you're living there, you minimize your risk, you get a low down payment, you get a better interest rate, and then when you move, you rent it out, and, and you keep it very simple. You know the house very well because you lived in it, you fixed it up, so you're not going to have that many with it. And again, that's, that's, uh, that's my script. That doesn't mean it's the only script that works, but that's, uh, that's uh, a script that I find very successful because it's easy to do. Uh, everything is in your favor when you're doing that. You start doing renovations in California, you're beholden to the city, uh, which, which sucks. You start doing renovations without architects and engineers, and you start doing stuff that requires those people, you're beholden to those people, and then you're screwed if those people suck. So uh, that's it. You know. Hold on, that did not answer Jeremy's question. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> so well, then I forgot your question. I'm sorry. Tell me. Okay. So, so you've always said, you know, real estate's the best way to build wealth. Andre's trying to take a step to build wealth through, through real estate. So the question is, is, is it Andre specifically that it's not worth his personal time because of what his net worth is, what he has going on, that it's not even worth his time? Oh. Or is it more like Andre's approach is bad in this scenario? Oh, look, I, I just, I like, I mean, so specifically for Andre, uh, look, if you, when we first talked about the flip last week, I didn't like it because I didn't think that you would have the connections to the correct people to do it well. You clarified that and said that you did have those connections. And so in that case, if you want to do it, hey, I, that makes me feel better about it. I wouldn't recommend anybody get into a flip uh, with with uh, with without the proper connections. And if you've got that, great. But otherwise, I'm super anti-flip. Uh, I, you know, regarding you renting instead of buying, I mean, obviously, yeah, in that case, I would have recommended buying. I, I, hopefully that, does that answer it? Am I... Yeah. Understanding the question correctly? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's fair. You you broke up there for a second, Kevin. You said go all in TCCF. Is that what you said? I couldn't quite hear you. All right, guys. So make sure to subscribe before you leave. You got to click the little subscribe button. Totally free. It'll help us out tremendously. And we only post once a week. So make sure to hit the subscribe button. And if you've done that already, just destroy the like button for the YouTube algorithm. You got to do it. Helps with the channel tremendously. That's all we ask in return. Just hit the like button. That's it. We also got the, uh, oh, we keep forgetting this at the beginning of the video, the Millennial Money Clips channel. We got the Clips channel. We also got some links down below in the description. Get your free stuff. Thank you guys so much for watching. And until next time. Peace. I can't find the end button. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.